this note, this idea of Allah covering the day with the night, obviously isn't scientific, right? Scientifically, it's just that the sun is on the other side, or the planet has turned, and now it's on the other side of the planet, or whatever, right? So it's not that the, the, the night has covered the sun, nothing covers the sun in that sense. But in our experience, from our eye, it looks like the night has overrun or taken over the sun. This is an important side note to make that I've made often, that the Qur'an is not speaking in the language of science. The Qur'an is speaking in the language of two perspectives, human perspective and Allah's perspective. Those are the two perspectives the ayat speak from. Sometimes the ayat are speaking from what you observe. You observe that the night took over the sun. From your point of view, that's what it looks like and that's how it describes it. Sometimes Allah will speak from His own perspective. And that perspective is beyond even the perspective of science. It's the perspective that nobody else can have. Right? And that's, that's usually when he talks about spiritual realities, or realities that are far beyond our ability to see. Then he'll talk about Allah's own perspective. You know? And often when he talks about his perspective, he'll just let, let us know, you can't know the reality of it anyway. You don't know much about that anyway. But the, the thing is, the Qur'an, just like regular language, just language at large, we don't speak in scientific terms. That's not how people communicate. Yes, we live in a scientific age, yes. But we still don't speak in scientific terms. If somebody insults somebody else and you say, man, he got burned. Scientifically, there are no burn marks, first, second, or third degree. You don't have to call 911, but you still say they got burned. That's the language of people. They're not, they're, we use imagery, we use uh, example, we use parables, we use verbs that allude to other things, right? Man, he destroyed me in basketball. Oh man, I got killed when I watched that movie. Or whatever. You didn't, you're still alive. Clearly, I don't know how that works. But that, we, we say these kinds of things. My favorite one is when grandparents say, my, my grandchildren stole my heart. And you're like, uh, uh, it's still there, alhamdulillah. <laughs> you know? So the, the, the point here is, we shouldn't be so obsessed in trying to find scientific phenomenon in the Qur'an. Yes, there may be some that are there. But that over-obsession, because we feel science is the supreme way of thinking in life today, and therefore the Qur'an will be legitimate if we find more and more scientific phenomenon in the Qur'an. That's a, that's a weak way of thinking. It's actually already acknowledging somehow that the word of Allah has to conform to the standards of modern science. And un until it does, it's not really that powerful, or it's not as convincing. You know, this is, this is a, a, it's a, it's a problematic way of thinking. For a number of reasons, science changes. Science is changing from one century to the next to the next. The dominant theories about energy or motion or the very fundamentals of physics today might change in a hundred years. We don't know because they absolutely did a hundred years ago. And when, at the time, the, the leading scientists of the world were absolutely convinced that that is what the truth is. And anybody who disagreed with them were fools. And now those are the very, very theories that are considered myth, you know. And so if we peg the Quran, which is timeless, to science, to show that the Qur'an is a miracle. And then science moves on. Then we leave the Qur'an behind too. Because then you just tied it to a theory that is no longer applicable, you understand? So yes, there may be very explicit phenomenon of nature and science that we can perhaps say there is some correlation there. Like for instance, Allah saying that the moon is in fact subservient to the sun, which is scientifically in a sense somewhat true. Its light depends on the sun's light, it reflects the sunlight, right? And it is, gravitationally, the sun is actually the dominant player in the solar system, and everything else is actually a subsidiary, and they're following it, you know. And so in that sense, sure. But taking it any further than that is a problem. Or even using that to say, aha, Qur'an is onto something. 
that nobody had ever discovered before. I personally feel that that's a, that's a dangerous road to go down. Uh, what is then the miracle of the Qur'an? My personal view on the miracle of the Qur'an is that it's timeless. That it should not be pegged or associated with, you know, you can validate the Qur'an from within itself, and then you can validate the Qur'an from outside things. Science is an outside thing. The first validation of the Qur'an is within itself. Within its own speech, within its own powerful messaging, within its own language. There is something that is timeless that if anybody ponders, they will come to the conclusion, you know, وَلَوْ كَانَ مِنْ عِنْدِ غَيْرِ اللَّهِ لَوَجَدُوا فِي اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا They'd be convinced this can only be the word of God. Hey guys, you just watched a small clip of me explaining the Qur'an in depth as part of the Deeper Look series. Studying the Qur'an in depth can seem like a really intimidating thing that's only meant for scholars. Our job at Bayyina is to make deeper study of the Qur'an accessible and easy for all of you. So take us up on that challenge. Join us for this study, the Deeper Look of the Qur'an, for this surah and many other surahs on BayyinaTV.com under the Deeper Look section.